Blog Talk Radio. As always, I am your host, Zanman Shane Sabunia, along with my partner in crime, the Honorable Jeff. Um, before we get started about the actual wrestling, I just want to take a minute to mention that today um, is the 11th anniversary of my brother's death. Um, Trav, we really miss you. You were you, died, you were taken away from us far too young. Um, and as I recounted on this show before, as I recounted in columns before. Um, he's basically the reason I got into pro wrestling in, in the first place. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't be doing this show if, you know, without him, um, you know, to say nothing of, of the fact that, you know, I, I probably wouldn't be the person I was, um, I am today without him. Uh, even though he was my younger brother in a lot of ways, he was my big brother. Uh, he, he had a good head on his shoulders. He had a warm heart. Um, he was just a terrific guy. And, um, you know, he, he basically made me sit down and, and watch, um, WrestleMania three. <laughs> so, you know, he was watching it and I, and I said, what are you doing watching that picky crap? And he's like, just sit down and watch it. So I did. And, and, uh, you know, it's been basically a lifelong love of mine ever since, although I've fallen away from that particular organization, even though uh, we watched it last night, kind of in honor of, no, not kind of definitely in honor of what I always used to do with my brother, every Royal Rumble Sunday, we would get together. And, um, it's been a tough day for me, but it, it was, um, it's always the the day of the Royal Rumble is always my favorite and least favorite day of the year because it's it's um, it's the day where I where I watch that with usually with my wife last night with Jeff and his son and um, and his girlfriend and a friend of his um, but it's it's all um, it's always hard because I always did that with my brother but it's also great because I I can feel my brother spiritually all the time. Um, while doing it. So um, I just want to get that out there. You know, I may be a little bit subdued today because it is that anniversary. I've, I've had, a, I always have a hard day on today and, and uh, I was supposed to work today and I just, I told Jeff and Susan last night and I told my wife, I just can't do it. So, um, so I was, I did not work today. I'm going to probably have to pay for it tomorrow. Uh, I'll probably pay for the fact that I'm drinking my, my single barrel, barrel proof whiskey from the Jack Daniels distillery tonight too. But Hey, you do what you got to do. And uh, I'll turn it over to Jeff now. Why are you turning it over to me? I got nothing to say. Well, because I've got to pour my whiskey, and I don't want people oh. to think I'm pissing like you do every week. Oh, I just pour it and let people think what they want. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, a couple things that I, 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 I would I, I, I do also want to say that uh, thanks to you and Susan, I was pretty much uh, blazed the entire uh, rumble until like 10 o'clock. So. Yeah, anyway, go ahead. That's yeah. what I like to hear. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, I want to. I don't know how much time we're going to spend on the rumble, um, but one thing you and I talked about was how different the WWE universe is. First of all, Jesus Christ, seven hours. Come on. The only reason they decided to go to four hours was so they could start the Royal Rumble right before the four-hour mark and let it go for another hour. It didn't. It started at what four o'clock and ended at quarter quarter to eleven. I think it was five to eleven. I think it went to. I think it went right to before the uh, before midnight on the East Coast. Just insanity, insanity to expect people to last that to watch that much wrestling in one day. Absolutely insanity. It, it yeah. just, you know, and, and then, but you know, but you know, I mean, they did it every year for WrestleMania too, and um, not this year, but I mean, in past years, Wrestle Kingdom has been five or six hours. So I mean, it's not like it's it's that over the top, really. It's, no, it, it, but it, but it is, but 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 it, asking people that once a year is more understandable than asking it for them four times a year like they are now, because you know, at, at least the Rumble. WrestleMania and SummerSlam are going to hit that number. And I would guess Survivor Series comes pretty damn close, too. Yeah, and all the rest of them are still five hours with the right. pre-show and, uh, you know, and the fact that they always go along. Since it's their network, they can go as long as they want. Mm-hmm. You know, and, they, I mean, they, they, sh- they proved it last night that they just don't... They just don't care about the wrestling fan. They care about entertainment. The fact that there was a title change on the pre-show and three title matches on the pre-show was just, it was an embarrassment. Yeah, they were all three title Oh, no, there was there were two title matches and a match for, the, for a title shot. Oh, and that's, that's only because, um, uh, was it Rezar or is it Keen? One of them's hurt. Yeah. Um, Rezar was in the match, so whoever the other one is was the one that uh, is hurt. Yeah. Um, you know, and and I was, and I watched, um, I told you I was going to do this and I did watch the 96 Royal Rumble today because that's the one pay-per-view that's due to circumstances. Trav and I did not get a chance to, to watch together, um, you know, basically for, you know, 15 years before he, he passed away. Um, and watching that and watching last night's show, um, you know, basically back to back because I didn't watch any wrestling in between. Um, I didn't watch anything in between, actually, whatsoever. Um, so it, it was fairly back to back. I just you know had to get up and and run into work, do a couple of things, and then come home. Um, but anyway, watching it, it's, it's such a stark contrast because in 1996 they had an Intercontinental title match, they had a tag team title match, they had a WWF title match, they had a Royal Rumble, but they also had grudge, grudge matches in there, and even the intercontinental title match was also a grudge match. It was, it was, uh, there was actually psychological warfare where Goldust was, was trying to get in the head of Razor Ramon. Um, and there was things to care about in, in those matches, um, because there was actual storylines involved. Even watching the recaps and stuff, um, coming into last night, I mean, you and I haven't been following the product, but just watching the recaps, there seemed to be no story whatsoever to any of these matches. And, and when you're doing a pay-per-view every month, you don't have time to tell a story. Um, and, and I think that's the, that's the big thing that, you know, I've, t- I've said for years, I think you've agreed with me on it, that, you know, you can't really tell compelling stories 
when you have such a quick turnaround like that. And, and especially when you have so many titles that you feel like you have to get them all on and not only get them all on, but also then stretch to a two hours pre-show in, in order to do it and have all your talking heads you have on your payroll blab on about what's going to happen. Um, the WWE product and presentation really is at an all-time low for me. As far as a wrestling product goes. I well, mean, as far it, as a wrestling product goes, as far as an entertainment product goes, um, as far as basically, basically they, they, there's so much hyperbole that they, they puff themselves up to be something bigger than they actually are. Well, and I mean, it's another thing that we kind of talked about last night, too, was the whole woman's re- revolution, which mm-hmm. is great that they're having their whole woman's revolution and everything, but why do... Why can't the women's revolution be like it was in the late 90s, early 2000s with just really good wrestling, you know, and a championship match here and you know, a couple of other matches here and there? But they seem to think that they have to have everything that the men do, the women have to do too, and that's how their revolution is. There, there was no reason to have three women's matches on this, on this card. There, there just wasn't. It's it's one thing. Be to careful, have, Jeff. We're gonna, we're gonna sound sexist <clears throat> saying this kind of stuff. I don't give a shit. <laughs> it's, <laughs> I, it's what was so what was so wrong with um, you know Lita and Trish Stratus going out and putting on just a ridiculously great match, or Mickey James and Trish, or Mickey and Lita, and you know that that whole bunch. What what was so wrong with that? Why did they have to take over? I don't mind. You know, it's fine. Give them, uh, give the women their own pay-per-view. Great. But I don't see why every single event has to have an elimination match for the women, then an elimination match for the men, then a hell in a cell for women and a hell in a cell for the men. Just, it, it's just, it's too much. It's just really too much, especially when there's no stories around anything except the woman's title. Right. And, and that's the thing is that if, if they really were doing things to make the women's division special, then having their own rumble, which which honestly, their rumble, the rumble last night was better than the men's rumble by far. Oh, yeah. Um, so I mean, I mean, I, I was glad that they that that match happened because you know because I thought it was a really good match. Um, but in order to justify doing that, you know, having women's tag team titles, having women's elimination chambers, um, it's there. There really should be more of an impetus on the women's ha- women having multiple storylines going on time rather than. It's basically being the way it was before. I mean, it, when Lay Cool were the champions or um, Kelly Kelly was the champion, you know, I mean, it's basically the same way where there's there's only title matches going on and you, you never see a grudge match. Like, I brought this example up at least three times on the show before, but I'm going to bring it up again because I, cause I, cause I really believe – well, actually, I'll bring up two things um, because I really believe that um, – there are women in that company that don't get their due from time to t- you know, at, at any given time because they only want to showcase them in championship matches. Um, they really need their own show and their own pay-per-views going forward is, is, is really what it is. But if you look at it, um, like when Charlotte lost the championship to Carmella, she lost it because she got her ass kicked by 
the Iconics. And what happened after that between the Iconics and Charlotte? Basically nothing. I mean, six-man tag matches, a couple of tag team matches here and there, but really what it should have been was Charlotte fighting from the bottom because she was the babyface at the time. You know, I'm not exactly sure what she's at now. I think she's kind of just in a, in a tweener role. But, you know, she was the babyface at that time, and she should and it should have been an excuse for her to not go after Carmella's championship because she didn't, and to face off against the Iconics in a long, you know, three to four month grudge story where she's fighting against them and finally gets her redemption and her retribution against them, and then goes and then goes on to, to challenge for the championship like she did at. I want to say SummerSlam where she won it back and then Becky turned on her. But I mean, it really should have been, that was what was going on. Instead it was, we'll stick Charlotte in the women's money, the bank. And then she, and then she, um, she won't be on TV for a while. I realized that she had surgery as well, but I mean, there was all, there was, there was like six weeks between the time that this attack happened and the time she had surgery where they basically just ignored the fact that she should have heat with these two promising young stars. It would have made Charlotte a more sympathetic baby face. It would have made her even hotter it would have made the Iconics hotter. It would have established them as characters on the show. And it would have been the right thing to do. And it's, it, if, it was me, if it was guys doing, doing this, it would have been a no-brainer. Like if it was Steve Austin um, getting his ass kicked by the Brothers of Destruction, for instance, like, which happened where he lost the championship back in uh, two, 1998. I mean, it, they turned it into a whole big storyline that lasted a goddamn year. But because it's Charlotte in the women's division, it's just – brushed aside like it never happened. Um, the other one, of course, is Sasha and Bailey, who, you know, they've completely run into the ground without even having them have a big-time match in the first place. So, I mean, there's, there's just two examples right there of grudge well, matches that. That, that could be carrying the women's division, but instead all they do is this plug-and-play championship stuff that they've done for years. So where is the actual rev- women's revolution? But the, it's also – well, the women's revolution, according to them, is by giving them their own Royal Rumble, their own Hell in a Cell, their own Elimination Chamber. Well, it's I know, but, but I'm, but I'm saying that's, – that's right. They're, yes, I realize that's what they're doing. I'm just saying that there is no actual women's revolution going on. No, there isn't. There's more of a women's revolution going on in NXT because there they actually develop storylines outside of the championship. I with Candice LeRae and her whole feud with Lacey Evans, and then uh, you had uh, Kyrie Sane was feuding with one person. You had uh, um, the, the EST Bianca Belair feuding with somebody. They had three or four different women's feuds going on. Right, and right now you have Shirai and Sane feuding against um, the other two horsewomen, um, Shafir right. and Duke. You know, right. Yeah, and it, it's – I just – I don't know. It it was good, and I haven't seen the entire – because I had all kinds of other things going on beginning of the, the show with, uh, you know, Susan's car breaking down and everything. So um, I didn't get to see the whole Rumble match like I wanted to, but the parts that I saw were fairly entertaining, especially the stuff with um, with Becky Lynch. Yep. And there was nothing. Becky like Lynch that. was great in it. The Iconics were great in it. Um, Casey, I can't remember her oh, last name, but Casey, yeah, Casey um, was great in it. Casey Catanzaro, Catanzaro, or something like that. Yeah, she was great in it. Charlotte was great in it. Um, 
I mean, and it was great. To, and it was great to see that it was basically filled with all modern women. There, you know, there was no. I, I mean, I told you I was surprised that Trish Stratus didn't show up, but I mean, there was no Trish. There was no Lita. Beth Phoenix was only there in commentary. Um, the goddamn Bellas didn't show up. Well, know? and there was and there was no reason for any of them. None of them needed to be there. They, right. you know, they had enough actual talent on the roster where they didn't have to result in the the cheap tricks. Um, and you know, uh, and it, also and, and you know a, a couple of a couple of you know Lacey Evans had a great showing in it. Um, I know you're not a big fan of her, but she did do a great showing in there. And then, um, uh, oh, what's that chick's name? Um, Sonia Deville's partner. I can't think of her name right now. Anyway, she she Mandy. had a Mandy Rose. She had a great showing in there too. I mean, yeah. she lasted like 35 20, minutes or something. She was 25. And you know, looking over the time frames here. You had in the women's rumble. You had let me see. Charlotte was at fifty minutes. Um, Ember Moon was at fifty-two minutes. Mandy Rose was at twenty-five. Lacey Evans twenty-nine. Natalia fifty-six. So they they invested time in the people in the match. When you look at the men's match, and this might just be something that to to take a look at. There was only. Um, Andrade was in for 22 minutes, and then it jumped to Mustafa Ali at 30 minutes, Seth Rollins at 43. Mm-hmm. You know, and Samoa Joe had 23 minutes. So you, had, you didn't have enough time in the men's matches to even develop anything. It, it felt like Ali was in there the entire time, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, it really did. <laughs> he, um, you know, I, and I'm then, really surprised it was only 30 minutes because it felt like he was there the whole time. He, was, he seemed like to be in every you know, action set piece. You know, he was he was all over the place in there. Well, then you look at uh, there were three people that were in for under a minute, four people that were in for under a minute. You know, no way, Jose, which is just an embarrassment. Why even have the guy? Why is he even on the on the roster? Why is he eating a roster spot to come out there, dance, last for two seconds, be eliminated, and then just uh, okay, whatever, let's go party again? Didn't they run that party bus into the ground with that? Um, uh, what's his name? Adam Rose. Adam Rose, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you, you had No Way Jose in there for two seconds. You had, um, where's this, uh, Xavier Woods it was three seconds. Titus O'Neil, five seconds. Then you had Jeff Jarrett, who was a minute and a half, well, minute 20, but, and then there was one other one here I saw that was under a minute. How long was the Pumpkin King in there for? I don't even know who that is. You know, the guy that turns orange when he does one, one move? Oh, yeah, let me see here. He was in there for three minutes. Okay. You know, so at least he didn't get winded. Uh, Jinder, Mahal, Jinder Mahal was out in 29 minutes. Or 29 seconds Jinder Mahal lasted. Yeah. You know, and then there's a whole slew of other ones that were barely in there for five minutes. So it's like, and then I think my biggest complaint about the men's match was the fact that Nia, Nia Jax was in there. Okay, they're making this big deal about having their own women's Royal Rumble. So Nia Jax gets put into the men's Royal Rumble when people like EC3 and and Zack Ryder and other actual roster spots weren't involved in it? I mean, this this is just telling about EC3, that they have absolutely no plan for the guy, and they're just not going to use him. They called him up to the main roster to get him off NXT so that they can let him sit in back because he's brand new on the main roster and they couldn't even find a way to put him into the Royal Rumble. You know, what about um, Travis Knight from Heavy Machinery? Why wasn't he in this? 
or or Olaf. You know, they just they don't know what they're doing. They have too many superstars. They go for the big pop, the the um, you know big name coming back, which I guess this time was only Jeff Jarrett. But they spend too much time just trying to appease the masses that they don't take care of what they have. Yeah, I mean, I think the. You know, the, the, there's the other thing that the other thing was that all three members of the New Day were in there, and that, and you know, while I understand they're big stars, I understand they sell merchandise, I understand that, you know, they're eight thousand time tag team champions at this point, but does anybody really think that any member of the New Day is going to win the Royal Rumble? No. Does anybody think Kurt Hawkins is going to win the Royal Rumble? No. Um, Apollo Cruz? No. I mean, those spots could have gone to. To bigger level roster members, it could have gone to you know AJ Styles could have gone in there since he since he didn't win the championship, um, you know Shinsuke was in there and he and he was the U.S. champion. Um, I, I was shocked, you know this because I told you like three, three times last night. I was shocked that the Velveteen Dream wasn't in that match. You know, I mean he he didn't wrestle at all at Takeover and it, and it seemed it seemed to me like a perfect time to pull the trigger on him being in the rumble, especially with his texting, you know, this tweeting he's been doing it to Vince McMahon, you know, the tweeting he's been doing to John Cena. And he just did not even show up on the card. It was just ridiculous. And then if you, I mean, if you look at it this way too, they could have taken 45 minutes away from this man, away from this card and given it to NXT takeover, let them go two and a half hours or even you know two and three quarter or you know, two hours and forty five minutes and gotten Adam Cole EC three Velveteen Dream on there somehow. Mm-hmm. Well, they were they were all on there at the very end. Uh, not EC three, but but Cole and and I guess uh, Dream were you know they were setting up the halftime heat show next week. Yeah, on which is ridiculous. They weren't on the actual show. They were just there and live in the you know right. to the studio audience audience or whatever. Yeah, it just. It, I don't know. I was so frustrated I, I, with. I, I'm, just, I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to interrupt. I just, but I just want to address your Nia Jax point for a minute. As I told you last night, if he, if she was going to do that, she should have won the whole thing. Right. Um, exactly. Because then, it, because then it would have been an interesting story where, you know, two women, two women win rumbles, two women get get ch- chances at champions, and then they have, and then they have, you know, the next three, uh, what, two and a half months or so to book what they're going to book for the world championship matches at WrestleMania, her showing up, you know, getting rid of Ali and then just leaving or, you know, getting thrown out was just ridiculous. I mean, it was, was, yeah, it was, I mean, if, and, 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 uh, you know, it opens the door. I mean, I mean, what if Finn Balor wants to enter the women's Royal Rumble next year? Right. You know, this, and, and if he wins it, does he get a women's title shot or does he get a men's title shot? And what does he do? Does he just attack one of the women as she's coming down the ramp? Is that how he gets in? Right. I mean, right. Is it coming out as the demon and the demon doesn't care about anything? So he just like, you know, impales her on a spike and comes into the ring. The only reason to have Nia Jax in there was so that um, Randy Orton could get a RKO on a a woman. And that was pretty much his only reason. Oh, and and Dolph could get that super kick in. You know, there was really no other reason for her to be in there. No, there was (laughs) not. You know, and like I said, I mean, as we're going down the the list of entrants here, Jeff Jarrett, it was, yeah, it was okay. It was fun spot to see him and Elias there, but in all reality, that spot could have went to any that that could have went to EC3 
Could you imagine having EC3 come in at number two and then and last for 30, 35, 40 minutes? That would have made him made him into the star that we want him to be. Well, you, know, the same you, know, thing, you know, you know, we we really just need to trust that WWE knows what they're doing because they they clearly do all the time. Well, yeah, I mean they've never screwed up any of these guys, you know. And then when you look at the rest of the card too, I, I it's sad because I had no interest in this card until the um, uh, the Brian Flair or the Brian Styles match. The rest of it was to me was just cannon fodder. I mean, Bobby Roode and Chad Gable, I have no clue what the hell they're doing. Um, Shinsuke, it looks just so lethargic, like he just doesn't even give a shit anymore. Um, that Fatal 4-Way was a decent match. The Cruiserweight Championship was a, was a, actually a fairly decent match. Yeah, it was. But it, I was it surprised. Didn't, it didn't get anywhere near the time it deserved for a 4-Way match. You know, I think it was. And then um, you know, Asuka, Becky Lynch... I think I would have enjoyed it if I wasn't so just down on the fact that you know we had three championship matches or two championship matches on on the pre-show, and then they follow that up with the Miz and and Shane McMahon who are now best friends. What the? I don't understand. Which that turned me off on the whole Ronda Rousey Sasha, Sasha Banks match, which I actually was looking forward to that to see how Sasha. Sasha didn't. From what I understand, it was a great match, but I was kind of soured on it by that point, so I didn't really pay too close of attention. Yeah, I, I enjoyed all four of the World Championship matches for you know for different reasons. So I mean, I but but yeah, I, I definitely agree with you that you know there was way too much. Um, basically, basically we were bored by the time the show started. <laughs> well, and not only that, they did nothing. You know, I mean, I probably could have gotten into Asuka Becky Lynch more head that been the kickoff or, you know, had that not been the opening match of the show, you know, and then the Miz and Shane McMahon getting a, a tag team title match on the main show when they're burying Nakamura and Rusev makes no sense to me. Yeah. I I don't, I have no idea what they're doing. Yeah. I mean, mean, and, and like you, like you said, I mean, Nakamura doesn't look like he's trying and, and why should he? And you know they 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 give Rusev this this U.S. title again for like the third or fourth time, and then they take it away from him right away. So why should the fans care anymore with that? Why should he start? Why should he care anymore? Right, exactly, because you know? he knows he's not going to get it. It's just I did see something um, that kind of played off what you and I were talking about uh, last night about the Styles and Brian match. Um, let me see here. All right, here it is. Styles and Brian wrestled an excellent fine match in silence because someone thought it was a good idea to put them in the death slot instead of Shane freaking McMahon. Arguably their best match to date, a physical encounter that highlighted the significance of the WWE Championship, it deserved better than the reaction it earned. And I mean, that's, that's exactly what we were saying, is that was, a, that was a five-star match. It's just it wasn't the WWE fans idea of what a match should be so they sat on their hands right if this was ring of honor or new japan that was having the exact same match it would have been um the crowd would have been going apeshit for it exactly i mean it was it was an excellent professional wrestling match um it was an excellent excellent old school match I, i would even say that if this was um a match in the nineties, you know, the late nineties, it would have been, the crowd would have been going crazy for it. I mean, this, this was not that much different than, um, Chris Benoit versus Kurt Angle at, um, 2003 Royal Rumble, you know, except it was better. 
Until the ending. It, well, yeah, the ending really made absolutely no sense. And to even people that follow WWE have no clue what the hell happened that ended. Well, I'm sure it will be explained to us, but my point is it wasn't a clean ending, and you really can't have a five-star match without a clean ending unless it's like Triple H versus The Rock in an Iron Man match. Oh, I, I think you can now that the bar has been set to six and three-quarter stars. <laughs> Thank you, Dave Meltzer, for that. I don't think I've ever seen the bar have that, have that, have that uh, high of a match. No, probably not. Well, I'm sure they have against each other. And then that, too, that pissed me off, too. Wasting the bar by having them lose the championships to Shane and his little buddy? No, um, Michael Cole trying to convince us that they were great friends and they decided to form a tag team out of their friendship. It, it's WWE. Yeah, it was the exact their, opposite. Yeah, WWE and their... their uh, desire to rewrite history whenever it suits them is just mind-boggling at times. Because they're that it just I don't know, and maybe it was because it was what three four years ago now, so maybe they just think everybody forgot. Yeah, probably. You know, speaking of championship matches, Jeff, I just I'm, I'm wondering, I'm wondering if I need to ask you a question about championship matches. I just want to know it because I just want to make sure that if you know this or not. But did you know that in the WWE, a championship cannot change hands on count-out or disqualification? It can only <laughs> change hands on pinfall and submission. And did you know that in order to be eliminated, your both feet have to touch the ground? That's the only way to be eliminated from a Royal Rumble match. Did you know that? I mean, yep. Michael Cole made the, made sure to remind us of it 742 times in the two hours of Royal Rumble matches. He did. It, uh, I just I guess I never realized how bad he was until we got away from him for a couple of years. And well, what, you know, to, to be fair to Michael Cole, I when I watched the Wrestle when I watched the, the Royal Rumble from '96 to today, Vince McMahon did the exact same thing. Yeah, I mean, and that's probably because Vince is screaming in his ear. But what? another thing, too, what the hell happened to Adam Grave or to um, Corey Graves? He was one of the best announcers in the world at one point, and now he's just a, a vicious asshole who just hates everybody. Did you catch that, too? I, did he say anything good about anybody, heel or face? Not that I can remember. It was always oh this all he'd ever the only thing he did the entire match was complain about how this person's a whiner that person's a sore loser he didn't do anything else the entire show. Yeah, I, I honestly can't remember any of any of his calls whatsoever. Which is sad because three years Excuse ago me. we were talking about how he was the probably the best in the world one of the best color guys in the world. Right. And now yeah, I mean, I mean, right. I mean, you and I thought that you know the dream uh, the dream commentary team would be him and Mara Ronano. You know, right. And, and it turns out the, green, the dream commentary team is is Ronaldo and Nigel McGuinness, as long as Percy Watson keeps his fucking mouth shut. Well, I, I'm at a, I'm kind of at a um, touch and go point with that because I really like uh, Nigel and the guy that he has in um, the UK. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good partnership as well. Um, Kevin Kelly and Don Callis still might be my favorite, uh, but. Ian Riccoboni, and I hate to say this uh, with how much I ragged on him, but Ian Riccoboni and Cole Cabana are starting to grow on me, too. They might have leaped to my number two position here. For Cole, it depends on the night. 
I mean, I mean, if if he seems like he's drunk and out of it, then he's terrible. Right. If he's if he's, if he's really into it, um, and he's not just having petty arguments with uh, Caprice Coleman, then he's then I think he's really good. But I mean, there there are times where he either seems out of it or that he just wants to pick a fight with his with the other whoever the other commentary color guy is, whether it's Titus or whether it's Coleman or whether it's. Uh, oh. We kind of we kind of you know? touched on we kind of touched on this last night about how great he and Ian Riccoboni have how good their chemistry has become, where they play off each other so perfectly that they almost seem out of place when they're with anybody else. With the yeah. whole who's a nagi, you're a nagi, uh, that whole bit and all the other little bits that they do, it, it almost seems like they they've developed some sort of sickening chemistry that's like. Uh, Lawler and and Ross back in the day. I'm absolutely going to miss the. Um, don't you know? Don't you know? You're a shooting star, Adam Page, and the. Um, I'll meet you at the crossroads, and we pray and we pray. You know, right? I, I mean, those I'm those I'm going to miss. But yeah. I was watching some of the um, tag wars uh, today. Yeah, I haven't seen any of it yet. They've got. I, I, I should have watched it today, but I. I uh, I couldn't really get, my, get any motivation to do much. I actually napped for quite a bit of the day. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. They've got a few new uh, good calls that are there with the um, new stable that's in Ring of Honor. Have you seen anything about this yet? Um, the Lifeblood stable. I saw that there was a that there was a stable called that, but I have no idea who is. I, and I think Juice is, is one of the members, but I have no idea Juice, what it's about. It's Juice and Finley, um, Tracy Williams. Bandito and Mark Haskins and Tennille Dashwood. What the bloody fuck? <laughs> right, and they've they have formed a um, a stable called Lifeblood, and what their whole purpose is is to pump life back into, pump the 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 old way of life back into Ring of Honor, with the with the um, you know honor above everything and respecting referees and all this stuff. Um, oh, it so was kind of like the reverse of scum. Pretty much. Yeah. So, it, and it, it was actually, it was interesting because one of the matches I watched today, and it's one that you really have to watch. It's the semi-main event of the final show. It's Mark, Mark Haskins versus Marty Skrull. Oh my God. And, and they, um, the, the, they you know, had. You know, it's, you know, it's funny when I when I read Mark Haskins was going to ROH, I was like, I don't even know who Mark Haskins is. And and um, my buddy Miss Fan, you know, he, my buddy Miss Fan who does who does uh, that, you know, tomorrow's show, and he all, and he and he just started uh, all about all elite wrestling with Shane, um, another Shane, not me. Um, I was gonna say, you bastard, you're two timing me. Yeah, he 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 told me that. Uh, he told me that um, you know I was you know, that Mark Haskins really wasn't anything special, and I you know, I saw him on Define. And I'm like, what are you talking about, Mizzy? He's <laughs> <It's> well, awesome. <laughs> even when, even when, and I'm and I I'm sorry, I'm starting to like Defiant a lot more than I used to. But um, yeah. even when we first started watching Defiant, and I was like, what is this crap? I don't know how long I can watch this. Mark Haskins was a standout. Right. Absolutely. You know, and to see him come to Ring of Honor, but he and the he and Marty Skrull put on a match. That was. It's one you have to watch. Oh, I'll it watch was, the shows. I just I just haven't had a chance to yet, and and it's going to be a long week of wrestling again for me. I think so. Because I'll have to watch that, and and then we've got the uh, new beginning of the USA shows coming up this weekend. Well, they um they started out the match hugging each other, 
Um, that was their code of honor. It was a nice hug, and they taught they were just standing in the middle of the ring talking and kind of pointing to the crowd and everything. And then they did their little handshake, and they both turned around, and the bell rang, and they just came out fists flying. And they just beat the hell out of each other for probably 15 minutes. Then, Excellent. Yeah, then at the end of the match, they both stood up and hugged each other again. And that was so, the se- you said that was the semi-main of the first night? Of the last night, third night. So, oh, they already well, all three nights have already gone by. Ugh. Yeah, it was it was all this weekend. It was Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We should have been watching that instead of watching the stuff we did watch. <laughs> oh no shit! Well, I don't I don't mind. I I thought Takeover was good. Well, okay, so that leads me to the question that I was going that I was going to ask you. Um, I told you this weekend I was going to ask you, and I and I kind of wanted to ask you to to get how you think about it, or I wanted, or but then I also half of me wanted to get your to get your initial take on it on the show. So so let me go ahead and ask you this. Um, is it just me because of my current preferences and because I've been watching so much other stuff or has the takeover bubble, obviously so. crowd, obviously crowd wise, it hasn't, I mean, they're still, they're still drawing good crowds. Um, but you and I kind of debated before we did our, our year end award show as to what the best takeover was last year, whether it was new Orleans, whether it was Chicago two or whether it was Brooklyn four. And I haven't felt the same way about any of the takeovers since. I mean, I, I really enjoyed the world title match and the Gargano Champa match at War Games, but none, none of the rest of the card. Um, takeover Blackpool, I enjoyed the first match and the last match, none of the rest of the card. And this Saturday, I enjoyed the Gargano um, Ricochet match, but none of the rest of the card. And well, so I and so I'm wondering, you know, has has well, actually, I, I like the tag match better than you did. I thought it was good, but but I mean the rest of it. Uh, um, so I'm wondering if 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 I'm just at the at the spot in my fandom where NXT has kind of passed me by now, and I just can't get into it the way I did, or if that formula they've been doing doesn't work well, or if the talent they that they're still left with isn't capable of carrying it that way, or they're just not booking the right matches, or it, or am is it just is it just me, or is it takeover? I guess. Well, I think first of all you have to take out uh, the UK takeover. Out of that mix? No, not going. To. Yeah, yeah, you do because that's a, that's a whole brand new show. You don't have the people that you've come to know for years and years, with the exception of Mustache Mountain and uh, um, Done. There's okay. really okay. nobody. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, that's fine. I mean, and and really, it was a good show for their very first outing. So. Yeah, and you can't. I mean, you just you can't. They can't be included in this. Okay, and. Well, then, then, let's at, say, then let's say there, has, there hasn't been a takeover that has blown my mind since SummerSlam. For the last two. So the last two have been Right, but, a little but for how long before that did they put on hit after hit after hit after hit? But how many outside of maybe Chicago and probably Brooklyn too, how many of those had five four-star matches? We got lucky there with two great shows back-to-back. And then you well, know, three. You, yeah, but I don't, I don't know if um, Brooklyn Four was as good. No, it was. It was the best one they've had so far. There I will stand. Of, I will stand by that. There was one of those three that I just, I didn't feel lived up to the the other two, where the other two had four star matches every single match. That other one had a couple of letdowns. And okay, so yeah, it's probably Chicago Two you're thinking of because that one had the. Um, Lars Sullivan versus Aleister Black match, yep, and yep, the, that's the one. and then it was uh, Baszler against Nikki Cross. 
And neither one of those matches really struck a chord with me. So, I mean, if you take a look at it that way, War Raiders Undisputed Era did not put on a bad match. I, I just didn't like the way that it started. And then, of course, I can't stand War Raiders. I've never liked them. Um, well, well, my problem with that match is it never really settled into a tag match. It was a, it was a two-on-two brawl the entire time. Exactly, and that's that's what that's where my I if I looked at it more of what it was and not what it should have been, then it's a much better match than than I thought it was. Matt Riddle, Cassius Ono just never should be. They both those guys, Cassius Ono just needs to quit WWE again and go back to the Indies. The man is being just completely. Just completely wasted in NXT. And Matt Riddle, there's nothing about that guy that I like. Oh, come on, bro. He's great, you know, bro. Gargano and Ricochet put on what could have been an instant classic had it not been for two or three misses. I, I think the whole Johnny Gargano being at war with himself internally, it's we're past that now. Once he came out as the guy who attacked... Um, Alistair Black, we were past that. He's no longer a guy who's tormented whether he should do good or evil. So that, that spot pulled me out of it. There were two or three timing spots where it looked like um, Johnny was kind of sitting and waiting for Ricochet to perform his moves. Um, there was that one spot off the top rope where Ricochet went to do the European uppercut and Johnny Gargano was halfway down before Ricochet even caught up to him. You know, and then the, when them, with them trying to recreate the um, Osprey, uh, Osprey um, uh, Kota Ibushi spot that Osprey and Kota Ibushi couldn't even recreate. It, those, three, though, you know, those three or four things really kept it from being a five-star match. But if, if their timing issues had been a little bit better and – they hadn't tried to recreate that one spot. I think that would have been a five-star match easily. And same well, thing I, with Chuck. Well, I, I think I think you have to take into account that this match wasn't for that spot wasn't for those of us who, who had already seen it happen in New Japan twice. You know, I mean, I mean, there's there's a lot of people that only watch WWE produced pro wrestling, and who can blame? And really, I mean. If that's what they want to do, I can understand it. I mean, they get five hours of, of WWE proper a week. They get two hours of NXT a week. They get an hour of 205 Live a week, plus all the pay-per-views. I mean, you could easily get your wrestling fix from watching WWE-produced product. So while they did copy that spot from, Rick, from uh, Osprey and Ibushi, I, I think it went over very well with the NXT crowd with the WWE network crowd that had not seen it happen elsewhere before. So I, I, so I don't think that can really be because you and I watch so much professional wrestling. Um, we can see that. And I, and I thought they did a great job of it, honestly, even though I'd seen it by, by the other two guys, but, but I think we have to frame it in the sense that if I were a WWE fan who had not seen it happen outside of WWE, would I have been blown away by that spot? And the answer is yes, I would have. One thing I did like about the spot that I thought they actually did better than Osprey and Ibushi did was the fact that um, the fact that uh, um, Gargano actually looks scared. 
he didn't look like he was shocked that uh, that um, Ricochet could do that maneuver or whatever. He actually looked scared, like, what the fuck do I need to do? Right. This and, guy and, is not human. Right. And and that was one of the spots along with, you know, basically with almost every counter that um, that Ricochet pulled off where I texted you that night and I said, this is the kind of match that makes somebody into a huge star. Um, right. I mean, I mean, you argued that Ricochet was already a star before entering WWE, but again, I'll say for a lot of people, that doesn't matter. You know, for a lot of people, they have to see them do it on the quote unquote big stage of WWE and, or NXT. And for him to come out there and it may, and look like he was basically bulletproof. I mean, he basically looked like Neo in the matrix. Um, and for him to be able to do that, and this is real life, no special effects. So for him to be able to do that made him look like a credible threat to anybody in WWE, including, all the way up to Brock Lesnar, who looks like he's completely unkillable, unstoppable. I mean, well, I mean, I, but, to me, to me, this this made Ricochet into a big star that should be at the top level of WWE proper, not just NXT. Well, not just Ricochet. I mean, it made John, Johnny Gargano look the same way. I mean, Gargano because came he found up, a way to beat the unbeatable. Yes and no. I mean, he he also looked unbeatable at times. Uh, there were there were times with Gargano where he was pulling off counters that just blew my mind. I mean, I, I think I mentioned it that there was a spot uh, in the middle of the match where they, they did their counters, where they kept countering each other over and over and over again, but it wasn't like the high-flying matches are now where the counters are fast and nonstop. They were like slow, lethargic counters. Right. I, I mean, I, I thought I loved the match personally. Um, I did get distracted by something during it, I can't remember. It might have been, might have been just a few texts that I got from you. I can't remember for sure. Oh, but yeah. um, <laughs> when but, I was like, "Fuck." <laughs> well, no, I mean, you were basically like, you were kind of asking like where I was and stuff like that, you know, because because oh, because I because I didn't realize it was on at six, you know, because takeovers always start at seven, and they fucking decided to change it up for this week. <laughs> but uh, but I mean, I, I started watching it like what seven. 30-ish, I think, because my wife had... Because I, I started watching it after my wife and I watched an episode of um, Young Sheldon on CBS All Access. So, And, uh, you know, she was basically, you know, getting ready for bed and I just put it on and I think... I, so I think I was... I probably would have started watching it half an hour late anyway, but I ended up being like 90 minutes later than it and then, you know, being up till, I don't know, wee hours of the morning watching that and then, the, and then finishing up the episode of Punisher. I started earlier when my, when my truck wouldn't start and I spent three hours trying to get that going. So, you know... You remember sounds how wonderful like, a day I had on Saturday, right? Yeah, sounds like you had a great one. Oh yeah, perfect. Um, um, the, the other, you know, the other thing I really want to touch on um, with Takeover before I forget to is a year ago, not a year ago. Well, let's let's call it a, let's call it an NXT year ago because it was really at Takeover New Orleans that I fell in love with Shayna Baszler's performance. Fell in love with how great she was in the ring with her badass spots with how she was basically Brock Lesnar on the women's side. Um, except for she had more humanity and she had obvious weaknesses, but I mean, she was still a dominant physical presence in the women's division. Now let's fast forward an NXT year later because we only, because, you know, basically we've had five takeovers since then or whatever. And, you know, the next one coming up is the next one right before WrestleMania. So we basically had a year of it now, right? 
Um, and now she is just like every other WWE heel um, where she has to have help. She can't win if she doesn't. She's got to have that backup. She, is, she can no longer um, look strong because she's a bad girl. You know, I mean, it's it sucks. Um, I I really hate what they've done with done to Shayna Baszler, and um, and I will say the last time she actually looked strong was in losing that two out of three falls match to Kyrie Sane at Brooklyn Four. Since then, um, she's always, she's been on the back foot, and she can't win unless there are other members of the Horsemen are there to, to back her up. And I think it absolutely sucks. You know, it 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 took away from me one of my my favorite women's performer and I and I and I cannot forgive them for that yeah not only that but they made Bianca Belair look like her equal which and I and I really have no problem with that as long as she wins the match cleanly and she didn't I just I can't still can't look at Bianca Belair as being Shayna Baszler's equal they're not on the same plane You've got one who's a legitimate badass, another one who twirls her hair. <laughs> but you can't. Um, you, but you can't have somebody come in undefeated, and then just coldly get their ass kicked, um, unless you want to. You just want to kill their career. I mean, there ha- it had to be a competitive match. She shouldn't have been undefeated to this point. But she was. There's nothing that's that. I, I don't know. And how many other careers did Bianca Belair kill on the way? Like Mia Yim? Do you care about Mia Yim anymore? I never did. But you never had a chance to. Because Bianca Belair killed her momentum after the second match of the of her career. That, yeah, possibly. I mean, but I mean, I didn't really care about her when she came, when she showed up. I didn't care about her in ROH either. You know, so I mean, it's not like. It's not like there was a lot to, you know, that, I mean, and, and medium has plenty of time to come back up too, but I mean, I mean, and I do like Belair. I do. I, I think she's got a great character. I think she's got a nice move set. I think she's got a great finisher. I love the hair whip thing. I um, see. And I can't stand her. I, I absolutely cannot stand you her. You told me last week that she was growing on you. She was until I saw an Adam's apple. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. I, she's, I don't know. I, I just, the EST thing, I, I don't get. I don't understand the whole I hair. Yeah, I know, but I, I don't understand the whole spinning of the hair thing. I just, I. I well, the hair is so long, she has to grab hold of it before she does any moves. But I, but I love the hair whip thing. And I, and I, and I actually am impressed that it actually did cut the skin of, uh, of Baszler. Well, it was probably the beads in it that did. I don't care. It was still pretty impressive. Uh, eh. I don't know. I, I I agree with you on Shayna Baszler, though. They've made her look weak lately. But that's what they do with heel champions. They've always done that with heel champions in WWE. I know, but I I really felt they were going to get, go the opposite way with her and make her... Because Lesnar's been a heel, but he's been a dominant heel. You know, I, I thought also, they were going to go... A similar way, not the same. I didn't want her to be only show up, you know, every so often and just completely suplex city people. But I thought she was going to be a dominant champion in that mold where it was going to take an extraordinary effort by somebody to beat her, like it took Sane at at, at Brooklyn. But ever since then, 
she's not the same. And no. um, one law should not put somebody on that kind of a back foot. I mean, I, I think it, I think it's horrible. And, and I, and I resent it because like I said, she was my favorite female performer outside of maybe um, Tessa Blanchard. And now I can barely stand to watch her because I know what's going to happen every match. But is that more of WWE's philosophy making it into NXT? Probably. Because you don't see that kind of stuff anywhere else. You don't see the heel champion looking weak, regardless of how strong they looked up until then. Anywhere but WWE. Right, and I don't even care if she were to cheat to win matches or, or you know, be dirty to win matches, but it's the fact that she has to have help to do it that is just ridiculous. I mean, I mean, I, I would, I would, I would much rather this be like a triple threat type thing than a four horsemen type thing. You know, where the, you know, where the triple threat would go out, and I know I'm going really old school for you guys, but the triple threat in ECW would go out there, and they were, they were a click. You know, they would beat people down. They were, they were together. But when it came to time for their matches, they would win or lose on their own. You know, I mean, it wouldn't be that um, Shane Douglas, you know, he might have Francine interfere, but it, it wasn't like Bam Bam Bigelow and Chris Candido would go out there and help him win his matches. Um, you know, there was three tough guys together that could, you know, that could win on their own or lose on their own, but they would do it on their own. And you would think that with people from MMA, these supposedly legitimate tough, tough asses, um, that they'd be able to do the same thing in NXT, but apparently WWE just can't fucking allow it. Yeah, and they're starting to maybe overdo it a little bit with the MMA guys, because let's face it, are you really ever going to think that, um, and I hate to say this, but Matt Riddle, who's a legitimate badass, would ever lose to a guy like Cassius Ono, who's made a career out of professional wrestling. Yeah. I um, I have no use for Matt Riddle whatsoever. No, I can't stand him. I think his character is ridiculous, and I hope to God it, that that wasn't his character in, in MMA as well. His character is ridiculous. His look is ridiculous. Wrestling barefoot in, in underwear is ridiculous. I will say, um, Cassius Ono biting his foot was pretty impressive. That was that was a pretty good spot. Right, but it didn't lead to you know, if it, if him biting his foot or stomping on his foot led to a victory for Ono and Riddle actually having to wear wrestling gear, then that would have made sense to me. But since it didn't really do anything to to Riddle to cost him the match, then it's just a decent spot that will be repeated and never have any consequence whatsoever. So just like pretty much every other thing that we see on WWE programming, I hate being this negative, especially about NXT, but I mean, I, I really feel like I would have, I would have been better off watching the road to Supercard this weekend. Of course it does, yeah. but I forgot it was on. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I, I thought there were some strong performances in, in the NXT show, mainly Gargano and Ricochet. Yeah, one, and, yeah, there was one strong performance, I agree. I thought Ciampa had a hell of a performance, too. I just hated the last two or three minutes of the match with Aleister Black looking undefeatable. You know, he looked... I, the, the, I, I the have angels. a really... I, 
It's, it's, it's weird because when it was black against Gargano, I was able to really get into that match and enjoy it. But that's the only time I can say that about Aleister Black. And, and just seeing that he was going against Ciampa, I was just, no matter how good Ciampa is, I could not keep my eyes on that television for that match. And then See, when and I, I saw that fairy tale ending kicked out of and kicked out of again, and it probably took four of them to beat Black, I was just like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Yeah, and that, I mean, not only that, but he had that whole rope-hung DDT in there, and the, the rope-hung DDT followed by the angel's wings, because I still can't get, get past that. Um, you know, he kicks out of that great, but then he gets... A non-wrestling friend of mine was over that night watching it with me, and he looked at me and he's like, how many times is this guy going to get dropped on his face and still come back? Right. And that's exactly what it was. He got dropped on his face, picked up to get dropped on it again, but he was somehow able to counter it into a half a move before he got dropped on his face again to get beat. It just, it, it was, it was dumb, it, it, but that's WWE wrestling. But that's the that's the right. Problem. It's WWE wrestling. It's not typically NXT wrestling. Exactly, and, 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 and you're, and you're right. I mean, there there was too much WWE stuff creeping into into this map, into this show right. with the on, with on the Saturday Shana, with the Shayna Baszler needing to have her friends to defeat, uh, you know, Bianca Belair, and then Ciampa and the whole ridiculous ending with Aleister Black. I thought up until that ending, though, know, that was a, it was a, actually a really good match. I thought Ciampa had another another five star performance out of Ciampa. Well, it's, I'm 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 glad that we're not going to have to worry about seeing Black in NXT anymore because I'm I'm almost 100 percent sure that what happened at the Royal Rumble is 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 setting up a Black versus Ambrose program for WrestleMania. It has to be. Otherwise, why would you waste the momentum of Dean Ambrose? Right. To have him lose that way, to have him get eliminated like that. Agreed. Um, so are you going to cherry pick um, Tag Wars, or are you going to actually watch it in order? I'm going to try to watch it in order. All right, well, shit, then I can't talk about the main event. No, you can't. Bastard. <laughs> All right, take a break or something. Why? Because it's seven thirty. Look at me being the one on time. Yeah, you're right. Um, so let's take a break, and then we'll come back, and we'll talk briefly about um, a little bit about a little bit more about WrestleMania. I mean, about Royal Rumble. I think just because I want to talk touch on the Lesnar, um, Balor match, and then we will move on and maybe discuss a little bit of the upcoming New Beginning cards. Let's do that. It sounds good. As your interior designer, I'm saying do everything in black. Walls, sofa, carpet, goldfish, everything. Um, can we not have a bit of color? Maybe one tiny highlight in Battleship Grey. It's your home, so you should be in charge. With Avancard's flexible home improvement loan, you are. You can choose any repayment period that works best for you up to 84 months. That's seven years. Find out more at avancard.ie. Lending criteria terms and conditions apply. New applications only. Seven-year term applies to minimum loan value of €20,000. Avancard DAC trading as Avancard is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland.
All right, um, and we are back. Welcome back to Kingdom of Honor. Um, I, I was looking over the numbers just a little bit ago, and I just want to really thank everybody for um, for listening into last week's show. We, we actually did, did a huge number, um, the best we've ever done by quite a margin, so I really appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, if you guys haven't heard it, heard it yet, um, it's still available on demand on the site, and it was us basically picking who from WWE that we would we would draft over to AEW, uh, we each picked 10 people. I kicked Jeff's ass in the draft. Um, just two of my picks combined really destroyed his entire roster. So um, anyway, I'll, I'll, you, you want to comment on that at all, Jeff? You want to concede defeat? Well, considering the fact that you didn't follow the rules. <laughs> I the exact rules. AJ Styles was not a member of the rules. Of course he was. He's done pretty much everything he can in WWE. Except... Main event WrestleMania, but he's never going to do that. We both know that he's in a position to do it. If he main events WrestleMania this year, then I will um, take back that draft pick, and I'll still beat you with Charlotte and the and the revival. So. And see, Charlotte's another one. I don't think. I think that was now the revival. I will give you, but I think Charlotte, Charlotte has won both women's championships. How many times? What else is there left for her to do in that company? She, and how far behind her father is she? I really don't care. Yeah, well, it counts. She could she could win, the, she, but but Rick didn't win. Didn't only won two of his championships in WWE. So what's to stop her from winning another ten in AEW? Because WWE because you don't want to lose. That's why. <laughs> no, because WWE does not own the AEW library. So what? They still they were still calling him at. A sixteen, or they called him a eleven-time uh, champion, or whatever, in WCW. Even though the two of those were in WWE. Yeah, but WCW didn't care about technicalities. And neither do I. God, I think those two. I think those you know, two. You know me. You know. You know how. You know how untechnical I am, and how and how I always let everything slide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had a I had an issue with uh sickness in my house, so I never even got the lists up on on Facebook, but I think if we take a strong look at it, I think I won that that draft. <laughs> I think you did I too, think, and then you I woke think, up. <laughs> I think your draft is invalid. <laughs> because it is you did not, not just because, just because the you rules. didn't just because you didn't use creative outside the box thinking. No, because I followed the rules. So did I. You were, you in fact were like, God damn it! Why didn't why didn't I think of Charlotte? Remember? I didn't think of them because I followed the rules. <laughs> you might have followed your rules the way that you interpreted them. I knew I should have wrote this shit down. I should have written the rules down. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. All right. Now speaking a couple things before we get too far into. Do you watch today's Defiant? Uh, no, there wasn't a defiant today, but no, I didn't watch. I didn't watch. Well, it was today. yesterday, but it posted today. No, I haven't. I have not seen it yet. But I told you, a, I basically watched that Royal Rumble and I slept. There was a there was a very fun match between um, BT Gun and uh, I keep wanting to call him Rampage, but it's not Rampage. Who is he? The other one that's teaming up with Joe Hendry. Oh, Primate. Yeah, they had a uh, they had a fairly entertaining match. That um, border, it was um, it was just the right amount of comedy to keep it to keep it fun. 
I think you'll enjoy that match as well. Well, as long as we're talking about indie promotions, um, I I wanted to mention this, and I I know I'm probably going to end up spoiling myself by talking about this, but I'm up to episode 10 of Major League Wrestling, which is the episode where um, Teddy Hart debuted. Yep. And I love the whole idea of the fact that he knows he's he's a locker room cancer, and that he thinks people are talking about him behind his back, and oh, and and if, and if that is and if that is the direction they're going with his character, that is fucking brilliant. It's a, it's a, it's so meta that it works awesome. Um, so I yeah, really hope that that it continues that way. And I'm I'm quite a ways ahead of you, and yeah, they um, they do continue that, and it actually gets better. Yeah. Do you, did you not did you not before you first see that with like oh my god that's brilliant because because oh, yeah. I, I did the, the minute I saw it I was like oh my god that's such an awesome way to go. Well, and and I said that about because that's because um, that's been that's what that's what they, people have talked about for years with him is that he's a he's a locker room cancer he won't get hired anywhere because he has, he's such a he's so bad backstage you know things like that and uh, and for them to, to actually make that into a character where he's paranoid that people think that about him I thought was amazing. Well, and not only do they um, you know do they think that or does he think that about himself, but it gets brought up in other storylines. Mm-hmm. And things throughout the throughout his entire there's a there's a spot with him at the um uh, what the hell battle riot that um is confusing but it works because it's a lot like the same thing. Well, you ruined what, battle riot for me last night already. So. Well, no, because you didn't see it yet. No, but just you still ruined it for me. Just because you hate Hornswoggle doesn't mean that it was bad. He wasn't in there very long. You said he was a, he said he played a prominent role in that match. No, I said he had a shining moment in that match. Impossible. Yes. You know that you know that midgets are scary, right? I know. Okay. Especially when they're dressed like clowns. Holding little pocket demon dogs. Ugh. I hate you. <laughs> I'm gonna have nightmares about that shit all night long. Thanks a lot for that. Well, yeah, and, you know, and the thing is that I'm not going to be able to watch it. You know, I won't be able to watch it anyway for at least a week or two because we have all these new beginning shows coming up, and I still have oh. to catch up on the ROH shows. So. I'm so glad that I'm caught up on pretty much everything. Yeah. Except um, MLW. I'm a little behind on that. Right. Um, and, yeah, like it's, it, and, you know, the other thing I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I mentioned to you yet is I'm not going to be able to watch Unstoppable that weekend. Why? Because I'll, I will be at the Eric Church concert while it's airing, and then I and then I'll be on my way back from the cities that morning, so I'm not going to get a chance to see it before um, before we have a show on that Monday. Well, shit, I'm not going to be able to watch it either. Oh, okay. I don't have ten bucks. <laughs> well, you could actually you can actually sign up for their streaming service for free and watch it that way. They have a streaming service, isn't that called Fight Network? No, they've been they've been talking about it on the on the Defiant shows where it's it's like uh, Access Defiant or something, and and you get you get thirty days free and including Unstoppable if you sign up now. And then what? Cancel it right after Unstoppable. We'll cancel it after thirty days. What could possibly be on their on their streaming service that would be any good? I'm sure I'm sure it has all their past pay per views on there. Not as defiant. Well, as defiant or as um, WCPW. WCPW. 
Oh, just but I mean, it's probably, but it's probably got like like Austin Aries' title defenses from when he was defiant champion briefly. Oh, that's true. Just so you know, that entire commercial break that we had, mm-hmm. I was fighting with my beer trying to get the olive that's floating in it. You're having an olive in your beer, and you and you admitted it on the radio. It's delicious. Don't know about you, man. It's delicious. Did you also have some grape and banana while you were doing that? No, that I did not. Okay. Never. Well, I enjoyed the grape last night. Uh, You should have. The second one, not the first one, not the shitty one you gave me. (sighs) It's just because you're a lightweight. No, you said said it was going to toast me, and I couldn't feel anything an hour later. Even though I took twice as much as you told me to. I don't know what to say, man. Anyway, do you want to talk about these new beginning cards or not? Um, yeah, I don't know if I had anything else. Uh, did we touch on all the indies? Um, did you watch the new Being the Elite today? I did. I did watch it. That was actually really cool. Did you see it? Yeah, with uh, um, them showing up in bar wrestling again. Or no, where, where were they? They were in Defy. They showed up at Defy Wrestling with Joey Ryan. Yeah, they did, and it was, and, and I really, I really liked the, I really liked what they did there, and I liked, and I especially liked what Matt was saying at the, at, after it was over about how you know, Memphis being on the Indies, and Indies are the backbone of the company, and you know they'll they'll come back sometime, even though he's an executive for a major promotion now that he is not going to forget his indie roots. That, that was really cool. Well, if you think about it, he's been working for major promotions for the last ten years. I mean, say what you will about ROH, but they've been a major promotion for the last. Seven or eight years, right? But 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 now they're you know now they're actually getting involved in running one. Yeah, that's true. And actually, and actually, before the last couple of years, they were also traveling to PWG and, and other places to to wrestle. Although they had never wrestled for Defy before, because Defy didn't exist when they were on the Indies. Well, they I mean they did wrestle for PA, PWG up until last October, I think. Right. So I mean, they, that was something they never gave up. They always went home. Yeah, I mean, the, and the other, you know, there was there was two other takeaways from from being the elite for me. One of them was that um, Adam Page wasn't there on the show whatsoever, um, and the other one was that. They did. They they showed um, the taking time again on Matt's phone right after he talked to Kenny, um, and that's counting down to their ticket rally on February seventh. So I think I think we're going to get the announcement on that date that Kenny has signed with them along with whoever with some other signings, and then of course they're going to announce when tickets are going to be going on sale, which I guess which I would assume are going to be sometime in the middle of the month. Well, technically, they we don't know that they were talking to Kenny. Well, it's tr- he asked if he found his phone. Well, but that's just, he's still technically under contract, so they can't talk about him. Yeah, that was interesting because they, they couldn't do that and they, couldn't, and they couldn't have Marty on apparently, which had never been a problem in the past. Even, even, once, even once they'd announced AEW, you know, Marty was still on there and Kenny was still on there. So I'm, I'm guessing they got cease and desist orders in the last week or so. From both Ring of Honor and New Japan? who clearly don't want to work with them at all. I can't, I just can't 
imagine that Ring of Honor would do that. Did I lose you? No, I was just blowing my nose. Oh, so. okay. Um, you can't imagine that Ring of Honor would do what? That would give them a cease and desist. After everything that – I mean, because they did still mention – they did still talk about Kenny or about um, Marty. Right, they talked about him, but they but they didn't show him. But they weren't able to show him actually on the show. So, no, I do think I do think they did finally do a cease and desist because they just they they considered um, AEW to be their competition. Uh, I don't know. I I thought that they were above that with the whole competition thing. I guess it's probably because AEW is doing the uh, WCW thing from the early '90s and just throwing money at everybody. They're trying to at least, yeah. They are. But ROH is doing the same thing. I mean, look, look who they picked up since it, the the elite left. You know, they, they picked up Bandito, Tracy Williams, um, Roosh, Mark Haskins, Brody King, and PCO. PCO. You know, I mean, that that's five and, of the biggest indie stars out there right now. Well, and not just them. They also brought in um, Finley and Juice Robinson and ZSJ. Right, but they're they're signed with NJPW. That's just part of their working agreement with them. And I and I and I still really think that this working agreement is only going to take place until like the middle of the year. You know, I, I really think that once um, G1 Supercard is over, that they're going to start that NJPW is going to start pulling away from that relationship and may look into into actually being with the elite because the elite are the ones that have been driving their U.S. expansion. They're ticket sales in, their, in the U.S., in their U.S. expansion, yeah. Not even just um, their U.S. ticket sales. They've been driving their um, Japanese ticket sales, too. Right, but I, I, but I think they're more important to their expansion plans than to their domestic plans. Well, that's true. So I, so I, but I, so I can't imagine that they're just going to, to say, you know, fuck the elite on an ongoing basis. I just think that they're kind of in bed with ROH at least until Supercard happens. Yeah, that makes sense. I still see. I still see. There's no chance of there any being anybody on the ROH roster other than Jeff Cobb, possibly Flip Gordon for the um, for the best of Super Juniors that they're going to bring over there. So I mean, I other than um, other than SuperCard, I can't see what NGPW will be getting out of the deal anymore. You know, and it has been kind of a one-sided deal on New Japan's side for the last. What three years? Because they, with the occasional guest appearances by, uh, you know, Okada or Lij, it's been pretty much the ROH guys that have been going over there. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they, I mean, even, they, yeah, even, they would. You're right. They, they would send over Kishida and um, Liger, the Lij guys, and occasionally the Chaos guys. And occasionally Kenny would show up once in a while. Right. But it was mainly the ROH guys going over there. I mean, Cody was an ROH guy. Adam Page was an ROH guy. All of SCU, the Bucks. Those well, were SCU, all. SCU didn't go over there. Did they rest? I mean, I mean, I mean maybe, maybe for one of the Honor Rising shows. But other than that, they didn't, they didn't go over to New I thought Japan. they were over there for Dominion. Nope. Wasn't Kazarian and Daniels there for Dominion? Nope. Didn't happen. 
Yeah. So, I, so I mean, I, I, I really think, but I really, in, anyway, but the, the whole point is that I, I don't think that this uh, not willing to work with AEW thing is going to last super long. I think we're, you know, we're looking at maybe three to four more months of that. And then I, I, I think they'll be freed up by the time that double or nothing actually takes place. I just wish that all these companies would get over it and just all work together. Oh yeah, me too. But unfortunately we can't. Yeah. And I, and I really think that that you know the you know that the companies that are going to be left out in the lurch on this are Major League Wrestling and at the NWA and Impact. Possibly Impact, yeah. Which is kind of entertaining to me because when you're now you know watching MLW and seeing the characters that are on both Impact and MLW simultaneously with completely separate storylines is actually really interesting. Well, and some of them are also in, on LU on uh, Lucha Underground with separate storylines as well. <laughs> yeah, that is true. And um, well, Lucha Underground, from what I understand, this is their last season. They haven't even announced the season five yet. Right. I mean, it's it's probably going to be canceled, but it hasn't been announced for sure yet. And uh, and, and yeah. if that happens, then then you know everything's up in the air because then you've got. Um, you know, Joey Ryan is no longer under contract. The Lucha Brothers are no longer under contract. Um, I'm trying to think who else who else is who they would have. Is Joey is Joey Ryan Joey Ryan on Lucha Underground? Yeah, it's been so long since I've watched it. I haven't uh, really. I guess I just didn't really rec- recognize him. Yeah, and, and and of course, you know, a lot of the guys that MLW has used in the past have been snapped up. Recently, by ROH, I mean they've sent they've snapped up you know Brody King and PCO, PCO. and Bush. Um So, so I mean I I think that you know an organization that we're really enjoying getting caught up on is really going to be struggling in the next couple of months. Especially you know since Swerve is is leaving and you know they they put a lot into him even though I I still don't understand the appeal personally. I don't get it either. I like it better as kill shot than than Shane Strickland. And I, you're not going to like. Um, I, I'm not going to say. I, I did. I do know that they did resign the Heart Foundation, though. So the Heart well, Foundation good. is still under contract with them. Yeah, yeah, and they, I mean, I wish they'd bring um, Archer over for the Heart Foundation. I think he'd be a great attribute to that. Hmm. Interesting. As long as they're bringing or as long as Davy Boy Smith is there, why not? I kind of like Davy Boy Smith as a, as a singles wrestler too, though. So I mean, I, I think I think him getting a chance to kind of branch out from Lance Archer is not a bad. Thing. Yeah, I, I I'd like him better as a tag team. I KES still is one of my top tag teams of all time. So. Yeah, and and a lot of times to me they just they just brawl around and don't do much. So well, I mean, you can't have a great card without Vance Archer spitting on people. Yes, you can. I've seen plenty of them. No, no, <laughs> can't. All right. So, so what else we got? All right. So so the first new beginning card. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean these cards really are not up to much. I mean, I th- I think the big thing about these cards is basically going to be seeing the new talent from the. NJPW US Dojo and seeing what what they really have. Um, we've got a couple. You know, we've got some people that we've never heard of before here. So we've got Alex Coughlin against Clark Connors. We have Jonathan Gresham taking on Tyler Bateman, not Tyler Bate, Tyler Bateman. 
Um, interestingly, we have Colt Cabana taking on Shane Taylor, which I think is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we've got Brody King and Marty Skrull of Dillon Enterprises taking on your boys, KES. Cobb against somebody named Carl Fredericks. We have David Finley against Chucky e. T, so that should be fun. And special tag match, one night only. Rapongi Vice, the original Rapongi Vice, taking on Tracy Williams and Juice Robinson. So some, you know, so I think some decent stuff on that card, but nothing that really that really blows my mind. What do you think? I, I'm kind of there with you. It's something that I might check out a little bit of, but I'm not going to sink my teeth into it. Right, and, and all right. So I, I do think that I do think that that tag match to close the show is going to be decent, and I do think the the Finley uh, Chucky T and the Cabana Taylor matches are going to be decent. I think it's interesting that we've got Cobb and Carl Fredericks, who I've never heard of, in the you know kind of in the in a halfway through the card. So maybe Fredericks is is coming along better than the other NJPW um, Young Lions over there. It's possible. I mean, they did I hear that Shibata's running the LA Dojo? Yes, he's the head trainer there. Okay, I thought I'd heard that somewhere. Yeah. What the Even though he's not retired, he's, re- he's in recovery. <laughs> although, although it has come out recently that while um, Hiromu is probably going to be returning, Shibata probably is not going to be returning ever. Well, yeah, I mean, I can definitely see that. He had a much worse injury than Tanahashi did. Right. I mean, his was, like, life-threatening. No, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, he, he he couldn't even hear for, for... He couldn't hear or see for the first, like, what, 24 hours or something? Something like that, yeah. All right, so, this, so the second night... This, was the, this is the one in Charlotte. It's... Um, Carl Fredericks and Clark Connors. I forgot to say the first night is in Los Angeles. So then the next night, it's Carl Fredericks versus Clark Connors in the first match. Again, I think this, those are two young lions. Um, the second match is John Schuyler and Colt Cabana taking on Shane Taylor and Lance Archer, interestingly. Third match, we have Tracer X taking on the great O'Karn. O'Karn's debut U.S. match. Um, is that the is that the guy that used to be the Young Lion in New Japan, and then he had that that really weird like old school, um, like choppy choppy gimmick. It sounds familiar. And I think I'm thinking it's the guy that does like the Mongolian chops and stuff. That was oh. on uh, one of the British shows last year. But I guess we'll I guess we'll find out. And then we have Jonathan Gresham and Jeff Cobb taking on Brody King and Marty Skrull. So that should be a fun one. Fifth match is Alex Coughlin taking on Davey Boy Smith Jr. Then we have Tracy Williams and David Finley taking on Rocky Romero and Chucky e. T. And then the main event is the United States Championship match between Juice Robinson and Beretta. I, it's 
again, there's not much on there that I really, truly am invested in. Yeah, I mean, I'd be nice to see a U.S. title match actually taking place on U.S. soil, but that's pretty much it, I think. There's just, there's not much, there's not much, honestly, that I'm that, that, I'm that excited about. Yeah, I mean, I'm... I think until we see these young lions in action, it's going to be tough for us to judge whether we're going to be excited about seeing them more, you know? All right, and then, and then the third card... Well, no, this looks like the same one I just looked at, so I must have... Did I look at the wrong one? Let me, look, let me check this again. Oh no, yeah. they just have some of the same matches on here. Okay, so on the third, on the tennis, on the Nashville one, and Nashville's my favorite city in the world, so it sucks that I can't be there. But anyway, um, Carl Frederick <clears throat> taking on Alex Coughlin, Jonathan Gresham and Colt Cabana taking on Shane Taylor and Lance Archer, Harlem Bravado, <laughs> that's just a funny name, um, versus Great O'Karn, Clark Connors versus Marty Skrull. Jeff Cobb versus Brody King. That'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, elimination match, which is Chaos versus Lifeblood. Tracy Williams, David Finley, and Juice taking on Chucky e. T, Beretta, and Rocky Romero. Wait a minute. Aren't, isn't, isn't Finley part of Chaos? No, Finley's part of Lifeblood. Yeah, in Ring of Honor, but I thought he was part of Chaos. No, I think he was. No, I think he might be part of uh, Taguchi Japan. Oh, okay. But that's, that's so that's that match is only a six match card because that was the that was the main event. So anyway, that's, my, that that did not take very long. <laughs> no, that, that really didn't. Just because there's not much interesting there. No, I mean I, I do want to see it just because I want to. I kind of want something to. I kind of want to see these new these young guys and see what they're like. But uh, I think I think there's too many of them for what they're trying to accomplish. Right, I agree. I mean, they're, if they're trying to set a brand, why are they trying to do it with a bunch of people no one's heard of before, and then mix match tag teams and. I, Shane Taylor teaming with KES in different nights is kind of confusing at best. Yeah. Well, he's teamed with, he's teamed with Lance Archer twice, but it is weird that he's not teaming, up, teaming with his stable mates, you know, because I, I, although they don't have a name yet, I, I thought, you know, Shane Taylor, the Briscoes, and, um, Bully, and, Bully, and si- Bully and Silas were part of some kind of a, of a new stable. Yeah, I thought so too, but they've really not done anything with it since. Which kind of makes me feel like they're turning um, ROH into, into New Japan with everybody having to be a part of a stable now. Yeah, maybe. Except Villain Enterprise is only three people. Well, yeah, but but to you, but as far as you're concerned, then a stable is, is perfectly fine with with three members. So. Yep. So, so I mean, you got the Kingdom, you got Villain Enterprises, you have Lifeblood, and then you have this other stable. You know, I mean, so I mean, most of the top guys are now in stables. Which is. You tell him, Marlo. Yep, I needed that green circle. <laughs> My son has lost his mind. That's okay. He's watching. 
He's not that far behind his dad, so it's okay. It's a good point. He's watching Peppa Pig. Whatever that is. You should watch it. No. I have other you things know, to watch, like the Punisher and these ROH shows that I missed. I can't even get to any of the Punisher or anything like that. Why? Because I'm still too busy watching wrestling just to get <laughs> caught up. Well, you should you should tell you should tell whoever's making you do that to, sh- to knock it to knock it the fuck off. And to think, I actually contemplating watching some uh, two hundred five to get caught up on that. The yeah, hell is wrong that. with me? I don't know. But I will say, after this last uh, weekend, I don't know how much more money I can give WWE. Well, don't. I mean, if you want to cancel the network, cancel the network. The problem is I do still enjoy both NXT and uh, UK, and Pete Dunne is becoming one of my favorites. Like, I'm, I'm to a point where I have to watch everything he does. That's true. I mean, I, mean, I, I know you would, you would really miss Pete Dunne if you, if you didn't get to see him. I, I, I personally John, enjoy and, Pete Dunne, but I don't think that I would... But I think that there's so much other stuff out there to watch that I wouldn't really care that much if I didn't get a chance to see him. And Johnny Gargano and... Champa. I mean, they, there are some, there is some greatness, and unfortunately, undisputed era. I think I, I think I would enjoy NXT takeovers more again if I just went back to not watching the weekly product. Possibly. That's that's definitely possible. And that would give me more time to watch MLW too. Anyway, anything else we need to cover this week? I to be honest, no. It's uh, I think we spent too much time on WWE programming. To be honest with you, yeah, it kind of depressed us both. <laughs> I think it, I think it took away from you know some of the great stuff that was actually out there. Oh, I, I never we never did talk about Finn and Finn and uh, Brock, did we? No, we didn't. So let's Which... let's, go to, let's, let's jump to that real quick. So, as you guys know, I'm not a big fan of Brock of uh, Finn Bauer. And, but I really enjoyed his work in last night's match. I thought he, he showed an aggression that we haven't seen in WWE, at least in years. Um, and I thought he was absolutely, I thought that was his best performance since taking on Roman Reigns at um, the Raw, where he, where he won that tournament to, um, get a sh- to get a shot at the Universal Championship at SummerSlam 2016, I believe it was. Um, and I, and I thought he was just amazing in that match, which was why it was a shame that no, that even though he basically dominated that match against Lesnar after he he slammed Lesnar's um, gut into that table, that he not only left it without the championship, but after while the match was going on, Lesnar could no longer hit suplexes on him, couldn't hit the F5. Somehow, once the Kimura was locked on and Finn had to tap out because he doesn't have the body weight to pull Lesnar over to the ropes, which makes perfect sense, really, um, Lesnar all of a sudden miraculously recovered and started suplexing the shit out of him after the match was over. I thought that was ridiculous. Um, He did not sell the injury for even 10 seconds after the match was over. And so he's just throwing... um, He's just throwing Finn around like nothing had ever happened to his gut in the first place or, you know, his, his uh, ribs or whatever the injury was supposed to be. Um, I thought that killed the fiction of the match. I thought it killed Finn as far as being an effective um, threat to Lesnar, although he had proven he was for the previous, what, 15 minutes or so. Um, probably like more like 12 minutes, but either way. Um, and I thought that it really um, was 
seemed like seemed like it was petty, and that and that Lesnar was throwing a fit at having to sell for a little guy. So I mean, I, to me, it made Brock Lesnar look terrible. It made the match look um, like it had never actually happened. And and although I really appreciated Finn's performance there, I thought what um, those Jack what, what Lesnar did afterwards was terrible. And I really wish he would go the fuck away. There were two things that I. I mean, first of all, yeah, that was the Lesnar I've been telling you about for weeks, or not Lesnar, um, Balor, that I've been telling you about for weeks that that has been missing from his entire WWE run, in fact, since the moment he won the NXT title. Right. That character has been missing from him. That, uh, you know, smelling blood in the water type of character that he had so, that he did so great in NJPW has been missing his entire WWE run. And I, I love the fact that we actually saw it again. I, I thought it brought a whole new um, dimension to what Finn Balor can be. Then the other thing that I noticed, too, was the fact that it didn't follow the same, and I was afraid it was going to, but it didn't follow the same formula that the um, AJ Styles versus Lesnar and the Daniel Bryan versus Lesnar match followed where you know Finn Balor actually took the fight to him instead right. of getting his ass kicked for the first half of the match and then you know miraculously having a comeback only to get defeated he like beat the hell out of Lesnar which was something that I did not see coming and actually made me believe there for a while that he was going to beat Lesnar um yeah, we're on the same page with that, definitely. You know, and, and I agree with you where the, the whole dismantling of Le- of Balor really did nothing more but work in Vince's favor of saying, see, you don't know what you, you the fans don't know what you want, I know what you want. Because that's one thing that, that Vince has always done is he's always favored the big mans, the big men and, you know, the muscle-bound idiots, but then he gets on Rod, Rod talking about how he's going to finally give the fans what they want and what they're looking for, and then Balor comes in, and he's going to be the you know, the fans' choice or whatever, and now he has his big guy go out there and just completely dismantle him. You know, but the other thing that I found interesting was what was the point of showing that clip of um, Brock throwing the belt at Vince? after WrestleMania 34. I don't remember that. Right after the um, Balor-Brock Lesnar match, to a point where I actually thought that it was live for a second, but they had a little bit of uh, Roman Reigns getting beat, and then Brock walking out, and he walks into the backstaging area with all the um, monitors and everything, and literally threw the championship belt at Vince, and then just kept walking. Huh. You know, and I mean, it's been all over everywhere today. Every one of the um, dirt sheet sites and all that have been talking about it. Oh, I, I guess I totally missed it. Uh, it's just, it, it, I don't know if they're, it, it doesn't make, the whole thing just doesn't make sense to me is what are they trying to do? Are they trying to make us feel like um, 
we should be loving Brock because Brock is not Vince's man, but deep down we all know that Brock is Vince's man, and that's why Brock Brock just destroyed Finn Balor after the match. It's it just I don't know the whole thing doesn't make sense to me, but it does it does. So, so, feel, basically, so basically, basically what they what they showed was what we were told happened after WrestleMania last year. Right, exactly. It, it just it just took them like a what yeah. nine months to show it to us. Well, yeah, let's get let's kick the road off to WrestleMania 35. You know, by having Seth Rollins, I guess this time, and Brock Lesnar. But I don't. It yeah, just, and it's probably going to be exactly the same thing that it was with Lesnar and Reigns last year, where Rollins is talking about how he's here, he's there all the time doing the work, and Lesnar's never around, and and, 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 and on and on and, and on and on. Ass, yeah. Right. Um, I, I don't know. It just, the whole thing screamed to me of Vince being Vince and telling us what we want to see, not what we want to see is what should happen. You know, cause like I said, remember he went through that whole spiel on Rob about how he was going to listen to the fans and give the fans what they want. And then next thing you know, he loses his faith in Braun Strowman. So Braun Strowman's no longer in the main event, but he's going to give that spot to, to Balor. And then he doesn't believe in Balor. And then, you know, Balor goes out and puts on a decent match. So Brock just destroys him to show this is the land of the big men. Yeah. You know, and Brock to literally, I mean, there was a point when you could have legitimately said Brock was getting his ass kicked by Balor. And then to have the coup de grace or coup de grace or whatever the hell we're going to call it. Hit, coup de grace. You know, and then to have the, um, you know, the pinfall just to be somehow flipped into a Kimura that Balor like tapped out on within seconds. Just well, it, well, like I said, I mean, I I don't really fault Balor for that because he's basically half the size of Lesnar. There was no way he was going to pull Lesnar to the ropes. There was no way he was going to counter it. So I mean, it it, it made perfect sense for me that he would lose to that hold and, no, and, and lose quickly. And lose quickly. And I get that. It's just you see him. How long did he hold on to the uh, Kikita clutch? How long has he held on to some of these other submission moves by other bigger guys? But Lesnar, he tapped within seconds after dominating the match for the majority of it. Well, Lesnar's not booked the way anybody else is booked, remember? Yeah, good point. I, I, I will give it to this. I, I did think it was, it, it was nice to see um, Balor actually dominate the match there for a while. Yeah, I thought so too. And it, it showed the character that I've been wanting to see from him for a long, long time. And I and I hope it I hope you know we're not going to see it, but I I I hope that you know he he keeps displaying that and that you know he be, he does become a big star with that. I mean, I, like I said before, I don't hate anybody. I, you know, I I I want people to show me that I'm that I'm wrong. Um, other than like uh, Jinder Mahal, he can go fuck off. <laughs> but, well, he he did in 24 seconds in the Royal Rumble match. <laughs> yeah, and and that's and that's the way it should be. But I mean, I mean, if Balor shows to me that. Um, you know, if, if Bauer proves to be a huge star for them and and proves aggression and character, then good for him. I'll, I'll you know I'll be happy for him. But it's um, I, I really wish that uh, I really wish it had happened last night because I um, I think that WWE would have been better off going forward with him as the champion rather than the Lesnar. Oh, I agree. And I I can't think of anybody else on the main roster. I think they would have they would have been better off with. To be no. honest with you. Right, I don't, and I, because I don't think, then you then you get Lesnar, then you get, you know, that rematch that we should have gotten after SummerSlam, when when uh, 
when Balor became the first Universal Champion, right. um, you know, we've got that that set feud that we should have had, and they're basically pushing the reset button doing that. Not only that, but they're also declaring boldly, proudly, by example, that what they said on TV wasn't a bunch of bullshit. No, by, in, by doing what they fact, did, it was proving that it was bullshit. Yeah, they did the exact opposite. They just showed us that Vince does not give a shit. All he cares about is the money and the fact that he can make more by having a guy like Brock Lesnar who people don't have to pay attention to week after week to realize that he's good. Right. You know, it just it angers me. It made me actually, actually watching the Royal Rumble last night made me realize why we stopped watching WWE programming to begin with. Main roster programming. NXT... I'm a little disappointed in the direction NXT went with a couple of things last night, but I want to give it a little bit more time to see if they're going to continue that or if they're going to realize their mistake and go back to what they've been doing. Yeah, and, and that's and that's fair enough. I just think I just think I'm not going to watch the weekly product. I mean, if you if you tell me there's a great match to watch, I will definitely watch it. But I don't think I'm going to watch like episode. I don't think I'm going to watch it episodically anymore. No, and I and I don't blame you. I mean, I I really don't. It. Uh, and I'm going to, I, you know, that's kind of the way I'm going to continue to treat um, the main roster program. And I'll just wait until people like, um, uh, oh, why can't I think of names right now? Ryan. I don't know. Uh, Ryan's the one that's usually good at telling us what what good matches were and what weren't. So, oh, I, I, thought, you, I thought you were the name of a performer. Sorry. No, no. I mean, I'll... I'll probably wait until people like Ryan say, hey, you know what? This was a good match on this pay-per-view or whatever. I'm not going to go out of my way to watch it again. And I think, you know, and I I was kind of at that point after the Samoa Joe AJ Styles debacle last last fall. But this, after coming back and being away for a while and coming back and seeing the crap that we saw. And then seeing the fact that um, even the WWE Universe doesn't give a shit about the kind of wrestling that we care about. When you saw how they reacted to Brian versus Styles, true. It just, I just, I have no time for it. I hope our favorites wise up, leave the company, and go to AEW or Ring of Honor or New Japan or Impact or you know Defiant, any of these other organizations. MLW. MLW is another one. You know, any of these organizations that we're spending time on. Yeah, absolutely. So that we can actually see them treated well. Um, yeah, and and like I said, we're, we're gonna we're gonna have a busy week coming up, folks. We we got the uh, new we got these new beginnings in US, USA shows. We have to get caught up on Ring of Honor. Um, apparently, Jeff already got caught up on Ring of Honor, but I'm but I'm still behind all three on three of the shows. Well, I didn't I didn't watch them all. I pick and choose. Ah, it, it's gotcha. just too, it's too much. There's too much wrestling going on this weekend for me to watch. Sit down and watch fucking 24 hours of wrestling. Yeah, I'll probably I'll probably. Um, <laughs> I'll probably um, look at the matches I want. To, like I'll probably watch the entire Tag Wars tournament, and I'll probably and then I'll I'll kind of pick and choose, but you know what else I want to see. But I'll just fast forward through things I don't want to see. So. There are two individual matches that I that I did see that I think you should watch because I thought they were both interesting. Opening up Tag Wars on Thursday night was Rhett Titus versus Marty Skrull, which okay. was a, which was a phenomenal match. It which right. was it's hard for me to say that because it is still Rhett Titus. Right, but I mean, are you I, ever going to tell me don't watch a Marty Skrull match? No, absolutely not. So, so, so I mean, my, I think my mileage may vary on that. Pete, Pete Dunne 
and Marty Skrull are the two most entertaining people on the planet, as far as I'm concerned. Well, and and I'm starting. And to you feel work that, with me, so that's saying something. I'm starting to feel that way about. Uh, um, you completely no sold that joke. Sammy Callahan, of course I did, because it was awful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to think that way about Sammy Callahan too. Sammy Callahan's becoming a guy that I cannot look away from when he's on the TV screen. I'm just, I'm afraid I'm going to miss something whenever he's around. And that's whether he's MLW, whether he's Impact, it doesn't matter. When he's on the screen, I've got to watch it. Gotcha. And, but, and then uh, there was a Bandito match, and I can't remember who he was against off the top of my head because I have a three-year-old screaming in my ear. But yeah, well, like I said, I'm just, I'm gonna, I'm, I'll see what's coming up, and then I'll, then I'll either watch the match or I'll fast forward to the next one. It's not, it's not that, you know. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of Young Lions stuff in there, though, that you might want to skip over. Oh, the Young Lions showed up for that show, too? Yeah, there's a lot of that's where, that's where I found out that Shibata was doing the L.A. Dojo. Ah, gotcha. Because they've got a couple of tag teams from the L.A. Dojo. But they're not in Tag Wars? No, they are in Tag Wars. Well, I said I was going to watch all the Tag Wars tournament. Yeah, you're not going to want to. <laughs> All right. Well, you got a, you got a three year old screaming in your ear, and we basically run out run out of stuff for this week. So, um, have I ever run out of things to talk about? Well, we're we're going to tonight. So. Damn it. Um, but you know, I, I, w- I would recommend you know you got you guys uh, you know I, I don't think I mentioned it earlier, but if you if you haven't know if you haven't seen anything about this on the Cody Rhodes um, YouTube channel, he's now doing. Road to Double or Nothing. Um, oh, they, they talked about that on there. Uh, they talked about Jungle Boy on there about him getting getting him signed, who's the son of actor Luke Perry from Nine Two One Zero fame, and um, also talked about how he wasn't sure who he's going to be wrestling at All In. I did hear a rumor recently that it's going to be Aldis versus Rhodes Three, which I wouldn't, which I'm not thrilled about. Um, I really want it to be Cody versus Punk at uh, at All In. I think I told. I think I. Was I yeah, that. and I hope that that's not true. I. I know you mentioned something about it, and somebody else mentioned something about how excited they are to see Punk again. For me, it depends on which CM Punk we get. Do we get the Punk that was motivated before the pipe bomb speech, or do we get the Punk that was upset about a spot on the card at the end of his WWE run? That's where it's going to be. It depends on which one of those two Punks we get, whether I'm excited about it or not. If we get the latter Punk, no, I don't want that. The guy who's well, I, I agree with that, but, I, but I, do think it, I do think he'll be fired up to start with a new promotion, at least at the beginning, and I think he'll see how it goes, and I think it's going to depend on whether he feels that he's being shot straight or not, because I, I feel like a lot of it with WWE was he didn't feel like he was ever given the proper credit or he was ever given um, – or he was ever you know, really on, been honest with. Well, that's how so. he was, though, in Ring of Honor, too. He was always upset about his spot, so it's not like – it's anything new for him. You know what I mean? Don't you shoot down my dreams again this weekend, Jeff. I just, I, I don't know. Um, and there, what does he, oh, that um, All Elite channel or the um, Double or Nothing channel, it's something you want to uh, subscribe to too because they did the same thing for Double or, no, or for All In. I was going back through some of the channels today and they had the exact same kind of run up to all in that was off of being the elite, which I didn't know about. And I wish I would have, because it's, I was going back and watching some of it. It was really entertaining. Oh, I didn't know that either. But what's the name of it? It's hold on. I'll get it here. 
It's not Cody Rhodes' channel. It's, uh, I thought it was. Well, it is, but that's not what it's called. Oh. Uh, let me see here. It's Nightmare Family is the name of it. Nightmare, fa- that, Nightmare that is Family. In no way I, that is in no way what I refer to your family as. Well, Nightmare Family is what the um, name of the name of the channel is, and if you get a chance, go back and watch some of the All In stuff. It's called All Us, the All In story. Oh. Um, and there's all kinds of there's I, I want to say there's like five or six different episodes. I watched the first couple of them, and they're actually really interesting. Cause it's yeah, I'm, stuff sure, that, I'm, sure, I'm sure I'll get lots of chances to do that while I'm uh, trying to get caught up on all the other wrestling. Well, exactly. Now you know where I've been at last couple months, you mother... I never want to know where you're at. Well, that's where I've been. Stressing to get caught up on everything. Now I am more caught up than you are, and it's the greatest feeling ever. But you're not because you don't watch The Punisher, which is like the best show on television right now. I don't have time for all of that actual... <laughs> Fiction stuff. I have wrestling fiction to watch. <laughs> False. Ooh. I might have to go and watch Raw. You did not just say that to me. <laughs> Why would you have to do that? I don't know. I just I was going through my YouTube channels and there was something about uh, Am- Ambrose confronting Rollins, which... I think that might have been one of the mo- one of the things I was the most upset about last night was the way they treated Ambrose. Again, he's become one of the most marketable stars on their on their programming, just like he was what three years ago when he was going face to face with Triple H and Lesnar at WrestleMania, and they didn't pull the trigger then. And it looks like they're trying to bury him again now. What is their problem? You with are Ambrose? never going to be able to convince me that he shouldn't that he should not have won that Royal Rumble that year. No, I think he should have. I still think he should have. I think he should have won the Royal Rumble. I think he should have beat Triple H for the title. I think he should have main evented WrestleMania somehow. And I still think, even though he was put in that spot with Lesnar, I still think he should have uh, he should have actually been able to wrestle his kind of match and not got, got put into putting Lesnar over. Yeah, I mean, I, it, it, it made absolutely no sense. Um, and it was completely out of character that um, that Reigns would just let his brother lose that match rather than pulling Triple H out after Triple I mean, it should have been basically like a Hogan-Savage, I mean, a Hogan-Vicious Flair situation where, um, where, he, was trying, where he was trying to pull... Um, where, he, where he was pulling... Um, Triple H out of the ring so that um, Ambrose could throw him over. I mean, that, that was completely out of character. It made no sense to what the way that that match ended. And so I, so to me, I mean, that was a the the biggest chance they've had to put Ambrose over, and they didn't take it, and it made no sense whatsoever. Well, and it, they, I mean, he was the hottest superstar in wrestling at that time. Mm-hmm. Well, in WWE, well, no, and probably wrestling at that time, because that was really before Okada got his run, and Omega was still in the junior division. You know, the Bucks were still kind of making a name for them. This was before being the elite and all this stuff. So you really, at that time, I think Ambrose was the hottest wrestler on the planet, and he, 
they just buried him because he was not the guy that they wanted. It just it to this day. I mean, he he went out there and he had classic after classic after classic against Rollins. His performance against uh, Kevin Owens earlier in that night of the Royal Rumble was was five stars all the way. He went out and had a great performance in the Rumble. He followed that up with a great performance against Triple H, wrestling a completely different style than he's been known for up until then. And then they just completely bury him at WrestleMania, and he never recovered. Right. They even tried to put the belt on him and have him win Money in the Bank, and it, he could not recover from that embarrassing loss to Lesnar. Want to talk about missed opportunities? There you go. See, I told you I'd have plenty more to talk about. <laughs> it's the same argument I made about Daniel Bryan and CM Punk before. In that, oh, I agree. In that, you know, they they won't um, ever pull the trigger on somebody when they get when they first get red hot. They always have to try to build them up a second time somehow. And they can never just let it organically happen. Well, they you know, did. I mean, you're right. And I, I'm going to agree with you there, too. They did it with the Shield before, too. When the Shield was white hot, the best thing on WWE TV, and they had them lose an off match to the Usos on SmackDown. You know, not lose their first match on a pay per view on a big stage. They had them do it on an off match on SmackDown to the Usos, who at that time were nothing. You know, I kind of feel like we've been overly negative tonight. <laughs> it's just we're talking about this organization yeah, because, that we just because, can't stand. And uh, we've been talking about WWE and their main roster and how horrible they run it. Right, and and so I just want to say that next week we're not going to talk about WWE. We're, we'll be talking about um, the ROH shows and the New Japan shows. So, um, well, sorry, folks. I, sorry, supposed to be a bit of a downer, downer tonight, but we'll we'll be better say, next week. I can't say that we won't talk about the WWE because there will be some NXT talk. I'm sure. I will but not talk about WWE next week. The main roster I will not talk about. Unless Dude, I we've, got, we've got like six wrestling shows to cover. We're not going to have time to talk about WWE. Well, exactly. Well, eight if you count the two NXT ones. I nine don't have to assume. Because I, told, because I told you I won't be watching them. Nine if we ever get to the Rev Pro stuff again. And I'm sure I'll give my weekly updates on what I think is going on on NXT, even though you're not watching it. No, I meant we have, we literally have like six wrestling shows to watch and cover before next Monday. You, we're not going to get that many in. Well, we can get three of them in at least. You saw my toddler, right? Anyway, hit the hit the social media shit so we can get out of here. <laughs> Facebook, um, look us up, King of Honor. Uh, we've got a nice little profile picture of a skull with a crown in front of a a, a ring, a wrestling ring. Um, you know, like us, follow us, share us with all your friends. Any questions you've got, any any things that come up, any matches you want to see, let us know in the messages. Comment on the page, whatever you got to do to get our attention. Um, smoke signals work good for Shane. Um, also follow us and, on and you know if you're if you're a lady you know strip dance videos sent to us would be fine too. Absolutely, um, and don't tell Susan I said that. Yeah, Susan and Melissa did not hear us say that. Exactly. So um, Twitter at uh, Regi Co-op at Zanman Lop. Uh, that's the way to get a hold of us individually. You can do hashtag Kingdom of Honor. I check that a couple times a day. Uh, we do get a lot of a lot of suggestions on matches and things that we should check out. And, and I take every single one of them to heart, Ryan, even though I don't get to all of them right away. 
Um, I still have progress on my radar. Radar just haven't found a way to weasel it in yet. So, um, yeah, yeah, we have no time. <laughs> let us let us know what you want us to see. We'll check it out. If we uh, if we like it, we'll let you know. If we hate it, we'll let you know. Um, if I like it, I'll let you know. If Shane hates it, we'll ignore it, like because he doesn't know what he's talking about anyway. And you know, hey, have a good time. Wow, right to the heart, dude. Right to the heart. <laughs> Your opinion of me is less than sunlight. Well, are you a sun? Is are you laying in the sunlight like a dog waiting for treats? Because that's no. pretty good sunlight. I just I just wanted to quote Angel. Yeah, you didn't do a good job. I did. That's exactly what Ilaria says. Your opinion of we of me weighs less than sunlight. That's what she says to Angel. Arlo, are you going to say goodbye to Shane? Right here. He's right here. Right here. Say bye. Bye, Arlo. Anyway. Anyway, so that's the social media. Well, what about what about that? Uh, did you sell that link for that uh, those wrestlers that got injured in that car accident? Yeah, if I can fight my phone away from my son. He's supposed to have your old phone. This is not supposed to be happening. It, it happens every week, dude. He comes in here at like eight thirty or eight fifteen and wants my new phone. All right. Anyway, anyway, check out check out King, the Kingdom of Honor of Honor on Facebook, and it's got a link where you can you can go to donate on on the GoFundMe to those wrestlers that got injured in the car accident from Canada. Um, and for all of you that listened last week, we greatly appreciate it. Thank you very very much. Keep up the support. Uh, like, share with your friends. Uh, like with us. Comment. Do whatever you got to do to get a hold of us. We love it all. Absolutely. Until next time, that's all we've got. Uh, we'll be back next week to talk about new beginning in the USA. Make sure you st- make sure you stand. Uh, I'm sorry. You take take a look at listen to the other podcasts on LOP this week. Uh, make sure you go back and, ch- and check out Saturday's show, which was all about all elite wrestling, where Miss Fan and Mystic um, were doing a great job speculating about the future of all, of all elite, looking at the quotes that that Jericho, Cody, and others have said checking out some of the talent that will be showing up on All Elite already that we, that we know assigned to the roster. I thought it was a great show, and I really recommend you take, a, you take a listen to it. Tomorrow we have Global Impact, The Revolution, and One Nation Radio. On Wednesday we have Sports Entertainment is Dead. Thursday we have the Perfect Ten Wrestling Podcast. Friday will be the right side of the pond. Again, Saturday should be the second episode of All About All Elite. And then we'll be back with you on Monday to talk about, like I said, the New Beginning shows. Um, until then, this is Shane saying long days, pleasant nights, and Jeff saying goodbye. Goodbye.